Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Fighters Follow Me. I'm Moff Ted. And I'm Senator Faith. So we had a little break in here. We've been busy with some uh, real-life stuff going on, but now we are back again to record after a couple months here since our last episode. Um, well, I mean, it's exciting, though. This is our first episode recording in our new house. Yeah. Yay! So, understandably, we've been a little bit busy with, um, you know, moving and arranging and getting used to life and me getting back to work also mm-hmm. pretty pretty quickly after. So a little busy on that end. But we have made some time to do some fun Armada stuff in the meantime. First up, we did a Rebellion in the Rim campaign using Vassal with a few other people online. And that was a pretty fun experience. Yeah, specifically we were running with um, the Steel Squadron command group where mm-hmm. with... Uh, Biggs and Truthiness, and then uh, Res Brodius, and I forget who was, who was your, oh, uh, Gilead Paleon were all uh, the, the admirals. So they had our, we had a special format one, I think it was like Grand Admiral version Rebellion in the Rim, where we had one person in charge of all the map work, and they were the only ones that would play in the actual um, pivotal battles. Yeah. Whereas, and then we'd have so we'd have four people on a team, but one person was just in charge of the map and the upgrades and the and all the, the kind of background fiddle-faddle, and then we ran our fleets. Yep. For my fleet, I was playing Rebels, as per usual, and I did a slight variation on, the, on one of the fleets that I used when Ted and I were trying out Rebellion in the Rim. Mm-hmm. I had a... My flagship was a Neb B escort frigate. In the end, ended up with uh, Yavaris as title, as well as veteran captain and link turbo laser turrets. That was supported with a Mic 30 torpedo frigate with link turbo laser turret or towers and ordnance experts. The fact that it's towers instead of turrets always gets me too. Every time I'm right. like, it's turrets, and there's like, no, towers. But towers, we have turrets. <laughs> towers don't go on ships. Oh. <laughs> and for squadrons, I had Janors, Harrison Dula, two X-Wings, Biggs, and Gold Squadron. So uh, for my commander abilities with that, I had Rapid Deployment, which lets you deploy up to distance three of a friendly ship with your squadrons. Uh, repair expert to remove additional star, scar tokens. And fighter group leader, where uh, when a friendly ship does a squadron command, those the squadrons are attacking, they can reroll uh, one die. So... A lot of what changed for me with this list from my last playthrough was my squadrons. And also getting the Yavaris title, that was a big get. Yeah, Yavaris makes a huge difference, just that extra attack once you're in range. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you are you have a very more far more like flexible squadron list there. It was. Uh, Harrow was nice because she can give the rogue ability to any squadrons that I didn't get when activating, but at the same time, if something happened and I couldn't activate my squadrons with Yavaris, 
they were still pretty well supported by themselves that they could do damage. Sure, yeah. During the squad phase. As we have discovered, I don't think the Neb B is a good choice for a rebellion in the Rim Fleet in yeah. those small formats because. Honestly, the, the Neb B almost got destroyed almost every single time, and usually by about round three. Yeah, that that three by three doesn't give a lot of place to work from. Mm-hmm. Your um your group had a lot of star destroyers in it though too. It did. So a lot of the time it was oh your opponent just speed threes in with an ISD and like that's a dead Neb B. Yeah, there's uh, there's not a whole lot. Usually by round three, they're in range for a one shot and. Mm-hmm. Or if not a one-shot, something that can hit you hard enough that you know you're not going to come back and you're just gone next round. Yep. So while having the... I, I was really happy with my squadron ball, but Yavaris just often just didn't make it. Yeah. So I would suggest definitely in the future making sure that you have hardier ships, something mm-hmm. with some decent hull and... Shields and survivability. Yeah. Or maybe just, it, it could also come down to just, like, really making sure you get some good setups. Oh, yeah. I you know, because um, deployment can be so huge on stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. But, and the net B can be so tricky to deploy because all its shields and all its guns are on that front end. It's got a very, it has some of the most restricting arc lines in the game. Mm-hmm. That it has very weak sides, and its sides are full corner to corner. Oh, yeah. Which is one of the only ships in the game that has that, and all the other ships in the game that have that, like the MC-30 mm-hmm. and the MC-80, uh, home one variant, they want that because they actually have strong sides. Yeah. And the Nebulon does not. Um, what, so, so yeah, like, un- unfortunate that the Neb was just getting crunch so often and I mean an MC-30 can do a lot of work but when it's alone against a Star Destroyer <laughs> uh, and it's not like a fully kitted like APT admonition build yeah you're gonna have a bad time it's, it's gonna be a little rough I know. but I still had a lot of fun yeah we got uh, got a lot of games mm-hmm. in for that now how about your fleet Ted yep so for my fleet I went with a very much more what I thought would be a sort of outer rim like, up-and-coming commander, so I had a lot of... My, my command ship was actually an Architense-class command cruiser, um, which I started with linked turbolaser towers. And then I took a Gladiator II class Star Destroyer that I started with assault concussion missiles to begin with, um, just because I wanted to make sure I had some, some reliable damage punch on that. And then with that, I took one VT-49 Decimator, Morna Key and two TIE Fighter Squadrons. So really just this, like, I have, you know, I, I think the, the of the Decimators is they're sort of like a little patrol ship yeah. and just your generic TIEs. Uh, and as it built out, I ended up getting, and I started with, I also started with that rapid deployment one mm-hmm. uh, because I was like, okay, I really want to get those Decimators in there. And every once in a while it would help, but it wasn't always that strong. So I ended with, Concealment 2, which is if your ship is defending at distance 1 of an obstacle, during the spend defense token step, it may discard a defense token to cancel one die. So it's sort of like admonition mashed together with Brunson, but for your whole fleet. 
Then I had Rockhopper, which was once per game my command ship could ignore the effects of an obstacle it ran over. My Architens spent more time running over rocks in this <laughs> in this campaign than I mean, I think I've gone through multiple tournaments where I landed on less obstacles than this Architens would over like a two game period. You know what? With that three by three setup, it and you're still using the same number of obstacles as you would That's true three too, by six. Yeah. I was running into stuff too. Mm -hmm. And then I took ambush gunner, so my command ship went at distance one two of an obstacle or friendly ship cannot be obstructed, uh, which let it do a little more long range work. And my yeah. my fleet ended up finally being um, the gladiator two ended up getting demolisher, which I I don't play demolisher a lot. I know mm -hmm. most of you probably listen or just like wait he he actually plays demolisher and I I don't so I was like you know what. This is a chance to really kind of go in with that whole, like, crazy Demolisher build. So I got Brunson, Assault Concussion Missiles, Engine Tex, and Demolisher um, on that ship. And then my Architens ended with Agent Callus, Engine Tex, and Linked Turbolaser Turrets. I had to kind of... So both of my ships were pretty capable of flackling by the end. And one of my TIE Fighters got upgraded actually to Bosk. Um, and again, Bosk is something I hadn't played before, character. And yeah, that's get that, you I rarely see you play. Yeah, I don't... And a lot of that is partially I, I like to stay, like, pure Imperial. I don't like to have, like, the scum thrown in there um, very often. Every once in a while, I would, like, play with Boba Fett. It's so fancy. Yeah, <laughs> you got to keep it proper. But, you know, if, we're, if you're way out in the fringes and you're fighting against all these rebels and um, <laughs> upstarts, sometimes you just got to hire some help to, to get you through it. Um, so, yeah, and that... It ended up being... Um, a pretty fun fleet. The engine text combination for both of them was really interesting and got, I got a lot of movement. I didn't start with the engine text and just having two speed three, uh, small ships with, I mean, a couple of my opponents had like liberties mm -hmm. and, um, I think there was one MC 80 home one build. So there was a, there was a couple of ships that if I didn't get maneuvering right, I would get, uh, slammed up pretty hard but yeah we had a lot of fun i think currently they're the um grand admirals are trying to schedule up to finish our uh what are they called the pivotal battle no the 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 climactic, battle. climactic battle there we yes. go so and i know um you're waiting with bated breath to find out yeah and if you if you want to see more about how the overall campaigns went um i know Geek nineteen uh, was on your mm -hmm. was in your group, and Truthiness was my commander and Biggs from Steel Strategy. So we have like cannot get your ship out and Steel Strategy both have write ups of um, some of the experiences of, yeah. from from their experiences for that too. So we kind of got a, a multi multi content. Um, way to experience that and listen about it read about it mm -hmm. yeah it was, it was definitely good i i might be interested to see it again there the grand admiral one was also interesting because it was blind matchups where yeah. they would say hey i'm going to attack this place um and then the opponent would say I'll, okay i'll defend with this person but the um the different sides wouldn't know which fleet was going where we actually had a a mysterious behind-the-scenes um, decider that we would send our that our uh, grand admirals would descend our, our send our attack and 
defense assignments to, and then they would know who got matched up, and all all outcomes would go to that individual. Ah, so they were the one who kept matching me up with the same people. <laughs> yeah, we did have a... The, the thing with the blind matchups, though, was sometimes we got... I know, um, I think it was uh, Sam Simon and Sea uh, Ninja got matched up for, what, like five or seven consecutive games or something like that. So there, there was a... And I had, I had a couple where my first two games were against the same opponent. You had a, the same opponent a couple times. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you only have three people on each side and you play... I think it was like nine, eight or nine games or something yeah. like that total. You're going to run into some repeats, but when it's you know like some when the two people only play against each other, that <laughs> that rebellion in the rim needs part of it is you want to get that variety. So I mean, I didn't mind because all all my uh, opposite players were just delightful. <laughs> yeah, I'll, all my opponents were great too, except for the one guy with the liberty, but he knows who he is. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I think the next time I do a Rebellion in the Rim, I think I might try to do a Mick 80. Okay. Whereas I was, I know I was looking at almost like where, and I know this is a problem that we had running into and in like the 200 point fleets yeah. that we would run locally for, that Ian used to run for events, is that if you get a like a well kitted out large ship in those events, in those formats, it just kind of like point fortresses through and crushes everything. But I like being a fortress. I know. <laughs> I know. Wait, I was just sort of like... I'd be interested to see a Rebellion in the Rim campaign played with without larges or huge ships. Oh, yeah. Having one where kind of everybody is doing those small ship fleets. Yeah, because if you're, you know, running your Nebulon becomes a lot less dangerous when there's not, you know, a Kuat that can roll in on it in round three and just annihilate oh, that'd it. that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, so just not like a not something we did this point in time, but I'd be interested to hear the results of that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, also some of the those uh, pivotal battles had just a bananas number of squadrons. Oh yeah. I know. I remember watching a couple. Um, I think the Bigs and Truthiness one where it was like fourteen squadrons, and I think like eight or nine of them were aces against six ties or something like six couple something like that so well i know a lot of the uh small fleets that i was playing against were pretty squadron heavy (laughs) so once you start getting those all together then you realize oh wow squadrons yeah because there's not an actual percentage squadron camp and cap and rebellion in the room the only requirement is you have a ship yeah (laughs) so that can have a commander on it so a non-flotilla ship and everything else. I mean, if I wanted to, I could run a fleet that was, like, one raider and then fill up the entire rest of it with, like, VT-49s, like, decimators and uh, fire sprays and stuff like that. And just have this enormous rogue swarm. And then, like, a raider just kind of, like, running around in the back. Be like, don't kill me. Yeah. Run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, yeah. Me? It was all together. Lots of fun. Yeah. Playing in the Vassal format was interesting. Vassal uh, is a definitely a different format, and I know it takes a little getting used to. I feel like the weirdest thing for me was actually seeing it from an actual top-down view. Oh, it's yeah, when you're not <laughs> working at those like 
side or back angles. Yeah. Just completely above, which, yeah, is just not something that's natural for us. So a lot of the distances look very different. Yeah. And also just kind of memorizing the different little keyboard commands to mm -hmm. make things go quicker. That makes it, that makes it a, makes a big difference. Um, yeah, I know for me that the distances just look wrong because of there's no parallax or anything. Yeah. Also the fact that you can zoom in. And so it actually changes oh, yeah. the actual size of the materials. It makes it very difficult to see, like, is this in range? Is this not in range? I had a lot of times where I was like, oh, I'm totally going to be in red range on this. I, I'll be able to use my evade and you end up being like at... Or you know, I'll be at like long range, and you end up being in close range, and you're like, "This is not where I wanted to be, yeah. and this is yeah. not safe." Nope, nope. abort. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I did play. I did. I actually did play a game with um, Comatose uh, Mike B from the Chicago area. Yeah. The other day, so he we played a he played his double peltalist into my um, was it interdictor uh, onager list. So which I we had had a kind of like. We'd been kind of smack talking on the Discord a little bit about like all fighters follow me versus um, uh, flight controllers or whichever not flight controllers the um, fighter coordination team. Yeah. We were like, which one would be better to use? And I was like, well, I need to stand up for AFFM. You know, gotta gotta stick it to the brand. Yeah. I didn't bring AFFM for the match. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. But yeah, so I hadn't played a Vassal game in a little while before then. Maybe, I don't think since our last Rebellion in the Room games. But then we also played, a, we tried a Chungus on Chungus game where I yes. ran a Superstar Destroyer. Uh, actually ran a command variant with Intensify Firepower and a couple LTT Architens to just get some really, just to have something that wasn't my Super Superstar Destroyer, like full Christmas tree with a couple Gazantes and mix it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I ran a Starhawk with Agate and try and remember just kind of the general kit I have been putting on it, like um, leading shots. Um, oh, what's did name? you have a triple laser on there? I believed I did. Did you put XI sevens on? XI sevens. Okay. That's the name. And then I was blanking uh, like on the a name. couple hammerheads. Yeah, and then I comsnet, I think. Yes, I had a comsnet GR seventy five, and I did two hammerheads. I had never, I never really do the task force titles. Usually, if I have a hammerhead, I usually just do one. And that ends and, up being Garrel's honor. It, yeah, make it Garrel's honor so that it can pop out of nowhere and smash. Mm -hmm. But this time I tried to do Task Force Organa and felt a little bad because I I had misplaced them a little bit. You did deploy them when deploying. Precisely in front of my Superstar Destroyer with gunnery teams. Not precisely, but that's where they ended up. Yeah. Okay. So it's not where I intended them to end up, but after it after a couple speed three maneuvers. Yes. Yeah. Um, they had a sad, and they got eaten, but Starhawk saves the day and actually got the Super Star Destroyer to uh, half health. Yep. Which? Or did you kill it? 
No, I didn't kill it. Maybe okay, it that's got right. to half health. That's right. It was able to kind of tuck and run a little bit at the end. But yeah, it's yeah. it turns out that a half health superstar destroyer is worth more than a couple hammerheads and a, uh, a GR seventy five. So it was ended. At, I think what was it like a five or six point win or something like that. It was very yeah. Close. It was very close, but the Starhawk was able to kind of come in along the side of the superstar destroyer knock out a bunch of shields and have some bomber buddies oh that's right yeah i forgot you had some uh yeah i had a was it did you have nora on that build i think i had kian okay actually yeah. i think it was kian um some b wings y wings hera Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember your exact co composition, but it was... And I had Kanan uh, Jarrus. That's right, yep. Oh, yeah, because I kept on having to... I kept putting raid tokens on it. Kept, that was fun. Yeah, oh, I was running Piet on my super, and the thing with it was... Oh, I was running Executor Piet, which that was actually super fun, because I was constantly stacking up tokens, um, and saving up tokens, and then spending them for Intensify, or spending them for Piet for a full command. And so, like, the um, the raid was annoying, but I was able to say, oh, I'm just going to discard my dial or get a token and then token the dial and spend the token to get rid of the raid. And that's one of the things with Superstar Destroyers is since they get a free token every turn, it's kind of hard to raid them down efficiently. Yeah, but I can still be annoying mm -hmm. and death by a thousand little cuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my, was it my Architens went like completely untouched. I know one of them was really just like yeah. giving it over to the Starhawk. The, the Starhawk was pretty beat up at the end of the game too. It was. Like if it, if you'd had another round, you were first player and you would have been able to just like slam that Starhawk in and finish off the super. I think it was on pretty just sure. a couple, couple hull left, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun game. It was interesting to see, um, well, and especially since I didn't turn the, the Super Star Destroyer into the Starhawk for some reason. I was expecting it to get stalled out for me, able to just cut and run because you had the rift. But um, rift ambush does not slow them down as much as you know rift assault would. So that that second move always catches me off guard. Might have to stop playing that one. Yeah. As, as much as I love my uh, my gravity rift obstacle. You do love your gravity rifts. Just get a little gravity thing, and I get my interdictor, and I get more gravity in my gravity. And then I can use gravity to move the gravity. That's my favorite thing, <laughs> that, that an interdictor can actually, like... I moved a black hole. Move a black like a, a, a singular... It, well, it's not like a... It's a rift, a gravitic rift. It's not a, a, a full black hole, but... But still. But yeah, um, horrible... impressive feat. Horrible mass point um, of <laughs> swirlity doom. But yeah. That was our kind of celebratory first Armada game in the new house. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> and then, actually, that was one thing, thinking about that, like, very close margin win, that was one thing that was really interesting in Rebellion in the Rim, is since the there is no margin of victory, you're not trying to get more points, you just need to get the win and go. So I had a couple oh. where I would, um, would just, like, rack up a couple objective points to the point that I could sacrifice, like, Demolisher or my Architens, and then the other ship would just skirt away and, like, win by somewhere between, like, 3 and 15 points and just be like, well, victory for me. Um, and I had some really good objective games. But, yeah, like, uh, 
the the actual MOV that only matters if you get a, like a crushing defeat. Yeah. And then they get more experience. So. Um, but recently, uh, just over a week ago now, Star Wars Squadrons came out. Squadron. And so I've been playing a whole bunch of that. I play and can be found if you want to ever group up my um, EA code is on the Steel Strategy uh, Discord and I, if you want to get a hold of me I'm also on the Armada Standard Armada Discord um, and actually I, I bounce around into Crabox every now and again but I haven't played with anyone on there yet mm-hmm. so but yeah so I've been doing the I, I got I think I'm in like only four or five missions into the campaign um, but I've been doing a bunch of fleet battles and really having a lot of fun with how much customizability there is in that. Uh, I've also gotten the game, and I'm a few missions into the storyline, and I've done, was it three? Three games with us, yeah. Yeah, three games online. I had a little bit of a rocky start with the game, because it took me a little while to figure out what controls worked best for me. Yeah. I started with using my mouse and with my like laptop on my little lap desk and I didn't have a whole lot of maneuverability so it ended up a lot of running into rocks and debris and cursing I mean that was my I think that's most people's initial experience with the game though too yeah you... but but now um Ted has an old like computer gaming controller which I've hooked up to the laptop put that put it on the table, and I use the controllers, and I'm much happier with that now. Yeah, um, and I, I started keyboard and mouse and actually just ended up forsaking the mouse and going pure keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm using, like, the WASD and the arrow keys in conjunction to, like, do my speed control and and rotation versus pitch and yaw. Mm-hmm. And that's been doing okay. I've been flying a lot of... I was... I kind of started with, like, Y-Wing and Interceptor... Um, I moved into support, so I've been doing some U-Wing and TIE Reaper, but I've also really enjoyed the A-Wing. I almost don't play X-Wing or just generic TIE Fighter or TIE Bomber at all. A lot of it just comes down to aesthetics for me. I'm playing the ships, I'm like, that one looks cool. I'm going to play that one. But being Shield Oprah with the U-Wing and the TIE Reaper is a lot of fun. Just being, and you get sh- Except I'm never in a place where I'm like seeing where my allies are to give them shields. Uh, so it's I try Whereas the A-Wing, I can just run screaming around and find enemies and shoot them. And, uh, and the, the Interceptor as well. I've i got to try that one next. I've been trying to master the, the X-Wing. Yeah. The X-Wing is, I mean, a solid ship. I know uh, Truthiness has been absolutely reaving down opponents in the X-Wing. Um, it goes pew, pew, pew. It's, 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 it's pretty mm-hmm. sweet. I, I did a TIE Fighter earlier today just because for some of the challenges and, and that. But um, there's been some... There's been some bumps and bumps and glitches so far. I know there's been a little bit of goofiness with the teaming up and the matchmaking. I know there's supposed to be this like tiered matching in the game. And one thing I this afternoon when I was playing, I mean, we had a bunch of people between like level five and level. Um, Did you say seventy-seven. No, our our highest player in our team was like level twenty-one. And the opponents had a level 77 player that was in, like, the veteran tier of the ranking system. And all of us were either unranked or, like, lowest rank. And veteran is second to highest. Yikes. So this 
I was surprised we didn't get crushed harder, but yeah, the matchmaking has been. I mean, and it's a it's a brand new game online. Matchmaking never starts well. The the group systems never start super well. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's, still it's a lot brand of, new, like, so they're still come out with. Um, the one thing though is the fleet battles are super fun because it's this objectives like hey you got to fight. You start off with a raider and a Krillian corvette going at it, and then you got to fight through the the Architens or the Nebulon bees, and then you got to attack their command ship with the, which is either an ISD or an MC seventy five. So Faith and I are talking about in the next week here putting together lists, yeah, and actually putting together a list based off of the Rebel and Imperial fleets from Star Wars Squadrons, mm-hmm. and playing them against each other. And I think one of the other challenges I want to throw on that is to only use squadrons that are in squadrons. Although there is no Ewing squadron. There's no Ewing or Tie Reaper in in, Re- in uh, Armada. So we could we can discuss um, what we want to do for a stand in there, um, yeah. and then I mean of course we're only we're probably gonna have like a couple aces each, but we gotta have the big bunches of random generic like X wings and Tie fighters flying around too. Four million generic X wings. I mean I think I can field somewhere upwards of like sixteen Tie fighters. I think we have enough Tie fighter bases. Yikes. I, I mean, I wouldn't have anything else, and I don't... Here, let's check the math on that real quick. I, I forget if that's actually able to fit in a list. To the calculator! Oh, yep, yeah, you can actually... You have six points remaining if you run 16 TIE Fighters. Oof. So. Oof. <laughs> but yeah, for the Rebel side, you'd have a MC-75... Two Nebulon Bs and a Corvette. So Corellian Corvette. Corellian or CR90 Corvette. specifically. CR90. Not a hammerhead. The cool kind of Corvette. <laughs> With a barrel face. Yay. As opposed to a hammer face. Um, it's got a match Leia's haircut. <laughs> I never thought about that. Have you always looked at it that way? A little just... bit. Oh, a okay. little bit that's where my brain it's goes. Leia's ship, that so Leia's it has ship, the same so it hair. Has, yeah. Well, it's got then. that same look at the front. <laughs> I never really considered that. <laughs> it's the Alderaan style, Ted. Well, I've, I've, I've never been very fashionable, so... They all, they all look like the Katamari Damacy people. And I'm just sitting here in my cargo shorts and my flannel. Just <laughs> um, but, uh, and then the Imperials, it's a Raider Corvette, two Architens cruisers, and an Imperial Star Destroyer. I think it's supposed to be an Imperial 2. Um, because it has the special, it's the targeting. It has, it doesn't have the super high center tower, so I think it'll be an, an imp star too. But yeah, so we're gonna put some of those together. If anyone has any other concepts um, on that, you can certainly look that up. But I will be, but like I said, if you want to ever play some squadrons, you can hit hit us up on either the. Main Armada Discord, Steel Strategy, strategy or, or the uh, Twin Cities Armada Discord also. Yeah. So I, um, if you're in the Twin Cities area or just want to keep up with the podcast a little bit, uh, we are, that is an actual Discord that I'm hosting as opposed to just going and um, causing problems on other people's Discords, like posting memes in the No Memes channel. <laughs> are you about to name names? I got put in timeout. Oh, no. So... 
Um, but yeah, anyway, I think that's that's about all. There's there's not a whole lot of upcoming or new announcements on Clone Wars. I'm, no. I wouldn't expect anything until probably late November on, yeah. on new uh, well, preview articles. Um, so I know there's a lot of speculation on what's coming up, and I'm still very excited to see um, what they have in store for us. Mm-hmm. Ah, so thanks for listening, and I'm Senator Faith. And I'm Moff Ted. May the Force be with you. <laughs>